to see you all here this morning. As we get started, I've got just a few announcements. Uh, first of all, I would like to announce Dennis Haney as our newest member. We were all shocked to discover that Dennis wasn't already a member, but we would like to formally welcome you, and our prayer is that you find ways here to breathe in, to be filled by God, to be inspired, to be renewed, and that you find places to breathe out, to bless this community with the gifts God has given you. If there's anyone else who's been on the fence, who's been feeling like, why not, I'd like to take the plunge, uh, let Dennis be your inspiration. It is quick and painless. Can you attest to that? Yes. Okay. So just feel free, reach out to us, let us know, and we'll let you know what membership looks like. Two other things. Order forms are in the back for Scottsboro t-shirts and sweatshirts. Uh, we've got a little spinny thingy. Uh, if you look directly behind Austin right through the glass, just right behind Austin through the glass, there's a spinny thingy with papers on it. And this is one of them. Order forms for t-shirts and sweatshirts. Uh, if you're interested, please get one. Uh, they're comfortable. They're designed by Micah, so they're attractive. And you can rep us all around town. Uh, and also back there is this form for the women's retreat. Um, I've been told that there will be a, a campfire and relaxation uh, and hanging out and laughing and uh, delicious food. Um, and I'm considering buying a wig, but I'm not sure it would be sufficient. <laughs> but the dates and the information are all here. And thank you to Mariana for being willing to host at your cabin. And if you're interested, again, the little spinny thingy just behind Austin is where you can find that. Are there other announcements this morning? Brothers and sisters, we are gathered here to worship God. Let us prepare our hearts to do that.
Would you stand and join me in our responsive call to worship? Grace and peace from the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And also with you. The Lord says, if you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples. If we continue in the word of God, we will know the truth, and the truth will set us free. We long to be Christ's disciples, so we will listen to God's voice and follow Let us pray. God of heaven and earth, we truly long to be free. In this hour of worship, help us grasp the freedom that comes from seeing you more clearly, from loving you more dearly and following you with boldness. Day by day, give us strength and courage to be your people in this time and in this place. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you please remain standing and join us in singing Praise to the Lord, the Almighty, Hymn 77.
seats. One of the things we try to do in our congregation is when we hear a story of how God shows up of a thing that God has done, we like to invite that person to come forward and share their God sighting. Uh, and my father is with us today and asked if he could share the way God has shown up in his life and through this congregation. So I'm going to invite Rudy Tang forward. I thought this might be kind of emotional, so I wrote a few notes. The last time we were in Scottsboro, we didn't get a chance to say hi, because my heart attack kind of got in the way. But boy, did you all have an impact on us and our family. We could feel your love, prayers, and support through the following days and weeks. Your food was wonderful and so appreciated. I think I was the only one that lost weight that week. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. We have been humbled by the love and care we have received and are now trying to pay it forward. We have shared the story of God's involvement during, before, during, and following my event. How I was carried to the fountain by family and an army of prayer warriors how through God's grace I was saved. <laughs> Once back to Chicago, Joan was on a mission to get people trained in CPR. She reached out to our local cardiac care hospital to conduct CPR training sessions at our church. So far, there have been well over 120 people trained. The story of my recovery in the CPR training was on the front page of our newspaper. Following the article, people would call Joan to consult her on how they could coordinate training in a similar manner in their organizations. We have also connected with friends and family who are battling cancer and ALS, as we have made it part of our lives to talk to them regularly. When we are in Minnesota, we visit them. One work friend told me he needs someone to talk to about his cancer that has a similar faith in Jesus. I'm there for him. We are trying to carry God's message forward. We love you all. God bless. Um, at this church, we do believe that God can show up and things like CPR. So if you look at the back of your bulletin, you'll see October 5th, CPR classes, 9 a.m., Highlands Education Center. If you wonder whether CPR can make an impact, uh, my dad is here and, and he can let you know. Uh, if you would like to join that class, please let us know so we can add you to the count. Friends, while God works in our midst in amazing and at times miraculous ways, so often we turn away. Each morning, each Sunday, we confess because we need God to make us right. We need God to make us whole. So let us seek together God's wholeness through our prayer of confession.
Dear Lord, the words we use and the ways we speak to each other have not been wrong. We have torn down our neighbors. We have hurt the ones we love. We have spoken without thinking. We have responded with anger instead of kindness. Make all our words, spoken and unspoken, a pleasing sound to your ears. Let us continue in a moment of silent reflection. Brothers and sisters, our God is merciful and forgiving. In his name, you are made clean. Thanks be to God. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you. Let us share a sign of Christ's peace. As we finish passing peace, I'm going to invite any children forward for children in the chancel. Here they come. Here they come. Yes. I guess we're, we're following him. All right, so 
For seven weeks, we've been doing this communication series, talking about how we talk to each other, and how we talk about each other, and how we talk about ourselves. This week, we're going to do something really hard. What's one of the hardest things you've ever had to do? Have any of you had to run a mile? Oh my gosh. That's hard, right? You ride your bicycle a mile? Was that hard? It goes, your bike goes one mile per hour. We should get that checked. So, some of you have done some hard things. Have any of you lifted something really heavy? Have any of you had to take a test in school that was really hard? This is harder than all of that. Are you ready? Eyes on me. Are you ready? Silence. Yeah. Today we're talking about silence. If you haven't learned this word yet, that's called ironic. (laughs) But today we're talking about silence because there is no good communication without silence. If you were going to try and tell me about your day, could you tell me about your week? Something that you did this week? Here, let me... Just tell me, wait. Did you do anything this week? Um, I went to a... That's really interesting, but what I really... Do you feel like I cared? No. Because I didn't give you any silence. Silence is how we listen. It's how we show we care. You can show someone you care just by looking them right in the eyes and giving them silence. Are you ready? That's the first hard part. But there's a second hard part. Are you ready? Do you ever give God silence? Sometimes we talk to God when we pray, right? But usually, you know what? Usually I do all the talking. And you know what I forget to do? I forget to listen. I forget to listen. The last thing we're talking about in our conversation about communication is silence and listening. So this week, your homework is simple. I need you to take your hand. Take it with me. Are you ready? Zip it. And listen. You're going to listen to somebody else and you're going to listen to God. Everyone give me a thumbs up if they can do it. Thumbs up if you can do it. We'll take it. I got two thumbs up from someone in the congregation. Love it. Okay. Let's pray together. Are you ready? Let's pray. God, sometimes we're so busy talking to you and telling you what we want and what we need that we forget to listen. So this week we slow down and we give you our silence because we want to hear you speak and we want to know what you think and how you feel. Because God, we love you. So this week we give you silence and we ask that you would speak for we, your children, we are listening. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So if you are kindergarten and up, you're invited to go upstairs with me. If you are under, you can head to the nursery with Miss Lauren, who's headed that direction.
know, but do I know who you are? Of course not. You are in kindergarten. I do know that. to give to God from the work of our hands, and in giving, we will be blessed. We will now take up this morning's tithes and offerings.
year of dedication. Lord, we give what we are able, and we ask that you multiply our gifts to reach the last, the least, and the lost. As we give, we are reminded of your faithfulness to us. As we give, we are reminded that your kingdom will last longer than any earthly kingdom. As we give, we ask that you bless our lives and bless this church.
Today is the last sermon of our Talking the Talk series, where we turn to Matthew chapter 12, verses 31 through 37. Let us listen to God's word. Therefore I tell you, people will be forgiven for every sin and blasphemy, but blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you speak good things when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person brings good things out of a good treasure, and the evil person brings evil things out of an evil treasure. I tell you, on the day of judgment, you will have to give an account for every careless word you utter. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. The word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. By your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. It's a rather haunting line here in the book of Matthew. In the paragraph just preceding is that strange and difficult discussion about a subject much debated and much defined, the unpardonable sin. With all clouds of uncertainty hanging about that passage, one thing seems quite clear. The sin referred to as unpardonable is a sin of speech. Whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. Needless to say, it is a bit difficult for us to evaluate our words in the way this text does. And part of that difficulty lies in our culture. We simply do not take speech that seriously. We say it depends on deeds, not words. We say talk is cheap, like the toys that come in a cereal box or the beef at Taco Bell. Talk is cheap and weak. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. What can words do. The general impression is that they don't do much. Trying to change the conditions of our world by speaking is like trying to break up a concrete floor by dropping a light bulb on it. But whatever our culture's estimation of words, the very fact of Jesus stressing the serious nature of human speech forces us to think about it anew, to reflect upon its significance in our relationships with each other. Whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. So what is it really to speak? To speak is to break the silence. Because the proper context of all words is silence. To speak, therefore, is to hurl a word against the clear glass of silence and break it. What is it to speak? To speak is to break the silence. To speak is to shape our world. 
If you walk down a hospital corridor and you find a door just propped open, put your head in and just for enough for the patient to see you say, hello. That word, just that word, turns on the lights and straightens the bed cover and opens the blinds and fluffs the pillow and changes the face of the patient. Just a word. A young couple stands nervous, frightened, tense before a minister. The young man says, I do. And the young woman says, I do. And the minister says, by the authority vested in me, and by those words, just words, a new institution, a new home is created. What was once separate is now made one. By words. A man sat at table with his friends, and when supper was over, he asked for the cup in which there remained some wine. He asked for the bread that was left over from the meal, and then said, This is my body, this is my blood, and by those words, a supper became a sacrament. What is it to speak? It is to give the world shape. To speak is to commit yourself, to commit yourself in a way that I'm told people once did when they entered a business agreement. I give you my word. And that word meant, to the degree it's up to me, it will be so. It wasn't weak. It wasn't cheap. A word was your claim about the world, and actions flowed from those words. When this country, our very country, was founded, it wasn't founded first by bullets and battles and blood. It was by words. A declaration of independence that declared more than that. It was a declaration about how this country saw the world. Those words, they were meant to shape our world. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. This wasn't just about taxes or representation or monarchies. The words gave shape to the world, that governments would take care of their people, that people would help the others around them. Those words shattered the silence, the cracks that echoed across the ocean. They offered a new shape to the world, and that shape was so compelling, so captivating, it inspired farmers and cobblers and bankers to set down the tools of their trade, their comfort and safety, and march against the greatest army in the world, armed with old hunting rifles and hatchets. They were just Words, words that shattered the silence with a crack that continues to this day, continues to inspire people. Just words. So how have words become so cheap? What happens that we toss them around now like loose change? Why is talk cheap? It wasn't for those who signed their name to that declaration, those who knew it would cost them their lives. I doubt the British King George, reading the Declaration of Independence, just words, would agree that sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Words. They give shape to our world. 
I tell you, on the day of judgment, you will have to give an account for every careless word you utter. For by your words, you will be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. Because words shape our world. You call someone a friend, and just like that, with those words, it's true. Actions will either strengthen or undo the words you said, but the words have already done it. I love you. Words that can be cheapened, cheapened until they're thinner than paper, but those are the same words Jesus used to declare his intention to give everything for us that we might have life. To say, I love you, to someone is to give your world a shape. It is saying, I will be to you as Christ is to us. The first words... So long ago, no one was there to remember them. Before there was even an earth for us to walk or a sun to warm us, God looked over the chaos, shapeless and wild, because it was silent. It had no shape, because no one had spoken one. So God spoke. He spoke and shaped the world and everything in it. And then God gave humankind his breath, words that we too might speak and shape the world. So what shape do we give it? You are so annoying. Why are you even here? In that, the silence is broken and a heart is too. You don't think of anyone except yourself. That is the silence broken and a future named for them to live into. You are lazy. You don't do anything. You don't care. The silence broken and self-esteem too. I am worthless. I can't do it. I'll never understand this. Those words come from somewhere. Someone said them once. They shattered that silence only once and they shape how we see our very selves. Words shatter the silence. So we must be very sure our words are worth shattering the silence. When we speak, it isn't weak and it's not cheap. When we speak, we are stepping into the work God began. We are stepping into nothing less than the act of shaping the world. It's why we come here every Sunday. Why we hope you return to prayer and scripture to hear God's words and let them shape our world. To hear again and again and again, you are mine. You are chosen. You are gifted to change this world. You are my light. You are the salt that gives flavor. You are forgiven and you are free. We listen to those words again and again and again because they aren't just something we're trying to remember. There's something to shape our world. Could you imagine building a house as haphazardly as we speak? Well, they're just words. Could you imagine sentencing someone in court as casually as we'll accuse them in conversation? Well, it's just a thing I said. Do you imagine physically attacking someone as casually as we'll tear apart their character or motives 
just words. Just words. It's a power God has given us, our words, our words that shatter the silence and shape the world around us. The gravity of that is scary. It calls us to more silence, more listening. If we don't know, we should listen. If we're not sure, we should listen. If our words are not worthy of breaking the silence, then listen. Because a negative word against someone, an accusation, a harmless wondering, a suggestion of what did or didn't happen. We hesitate to trip them if we were walking side by side with them. But a rumor, a story stirred so gently can send them tumbling down a much deeper hole. I tell you, on the day of judgment, you will have to give an account for every careless word you utter, for by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned, because our words shape the world we live in. I have been forced to think deeply on this reality because of my kid. Too many negative words shattered her world. I can't. I'm not good enough. Why should I care? And as her parent, I tremble when I speak to her. I tremble when I shatter her silence because I am now one of her world shapers. I am one of her world shapers. Breaking the silence, speaking should make us tremble because our words can shape a world of fear and chaos or a world of peace and hope. When we speak to the world with words that chatter about nothing, shape the future with vague propositions about an eternal eventuality, or, or we can use our words that have power now, speaking and shattering silence of loneliness with presence of forgotten with found, of sinner with saved. Taking empty futures and filling them with hopes and promises that are ours to give by the power God has given us. By our words we will be justified. By our words we will be condemned. A small boy was finally eight years old, finally eight, which now meant he was able to play little league ball. He had a cap much too large for his head, and if it weren't for his ears, would have smothered it completely. Has a glove, he stands in front of the mirror, popping his fist into the glove, waits and waits that eternity before ball practice starts. He worries his mother to death, when are we going to practice? Mom, when are we going to practice? Practice is on Tuesday, Jimmy. Tuesday afternoon. I better call the coach. Coach, this is Jimmy. When are we going to practice? We're going to practice on Tuesday afternoon at 5, Jimmy. Thank you, coach. The next morning, I think I better check with the coach to be sure about the time of practice. He calls the coach. We'll practice at 5 o'clock on Tuesday, Jimmy. That afternoon, I think I would better check one more time about the time of practice. Tuesday afternoon at 5, Jimmy. He's worrying everyone into the ground. And a little afternoon on Tuesday, the unthinkable happens and it begins to sprinkle. 
The mother is ironing. She says to Jimmy, I sure hope it doesn't rain much. You've been so anxious about this ball practice. At about 3.30, it really begins to rain, and at 4.30, it's just a downpour. She looks over at Jimmy and says, Jimmy, I am really sorry. It is raining so hard. Jimmy. Jimmy? And he's already out the door. Cap on his head, glove on the handlebars of his bicycle. Off in the rain he goes. The practice field is on the school ground. The coach who lives across the street looks out the window. It's raining too hard to practice. But as he watches the rain, he sees a small boy standing where whole plate once was but is now washed away. The small boy up to his knees in water. And the coach says to his wife, Some silly kid is over there on the ball field. So he goes to check on him. He puts on his boot and his raincoat, grabs his umbrella and swims over. Jimmy, what are you doing here? Can't you see it's too wet? We can't practice in this weather. And Jimmy looks at his coach and he says, I told you I'd be here. Poor Jimmy. He hasn't learned what you and I know, but... He will, of course, someday. Don't ever say with certainty that you're going to do something. You say, if it doesn't rain, if I have the time, if things work out, if I get through my schedule, then I will try to be there. Jimmy will learn, won't he? We've all learned, and so will he. But in the meantime, may I suggest that in that small boy's response to his coach, I told you I would be here. There is the basic raw material for changing every life and every home. In fact, there is the raw material for changing the world. There in that simple line, I gave you my word. When our Lord was gathered with his friends, sitting together at the last meal they shared, as the meal ended in that silence stretched out where everyone is full and content, Jesus took bread. Not bread like we know it. He took matzah. He took it and he lifted it up and he spoke and said, This is my body broken for you. And he broke it. The Word of God, Jesus the Christ, shattering the silence with the declaration of love, of forgiveness, of salvation. Why? Why did He do it? Because God had given us His Word. I will send you a Messiah The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and you shall call him Emmanuel. In those words, just those words were the raw material for changing the world. There in the simple line, I give you my word. I will send you a Messiah. Jesus Christ shattered the silence and the whole world. Everything else that would ever happen has been given a different shape. Words have become so cheap, 
piled on top of each other, like if we layer enough half-empty promises, they'll eventually be worth something. Empty words, cheap words, weak words, hurtful words, mean words. By your words, you will be justified. By your words, you will be condemned. Words. They are the very breath of God in us. So how will we use them to shatter the silence? How will we use them to shatter the silence? For by our words we will be justified, and by our words we will be condemned. By our words. Let us pray. Lord, we are grateful that you sent your Son, the Word made flesh, that you sent your Son to be broken for us, that that brokenness would shatter the silence with a declaration of your love for this world, of your forgiveness of all sins, and of your desire to build a better kingdom on this earth. Lord, would you teach us to listen, to listen to you in the silence and to listen to one another, that in our listening we might go forth and proclaim words that build up, words that encourage, words that exhort, words that show the love of Christ. Give us words that honor and glorify you. In your holy name. We pray. Amen. Our application today is simple. We cannot end a series on words without a time of silence. So if you'll join me in a time of silence to hear God's word as he speaks to us. Let us pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Would you stand and join me as we sing our Gloria Patri?
This morning I'll draw your attention to one prayer request and then I'll take yours. Jenna Pitt passed away this weekend and her funeral will be Wednesday at 12, no, at 2 o'clock in the afternoon at First Baptist and visitation will be from 12 to 2. So if you'd like to attend that, make sure that's on your calendar. And I would simply like to reiterate a praise that uh, Dennis Haney is now a part of this congregation. Um, it's always a wonderful thing when we have people interested in officially joining as members of Scottsboro Cumberland Presbyterian Church. What other requests or praises do we have today? For Mark Bergman. For Joey. For Kevin Dukes. The family of O.D. Also Brooks. I'm sorry? Jim Barnhart. Thank you. For John and Sharon Fry. Shelly Seals. Drew Stevens. Tanya Talley. Greg Petty. For Charles Harris. For our servicemen and women, wherever they serve. Go ahead, Hoyt. John Jennell. Amy Bird. The family of Sue Dorvich. Ted Nelson. Bo Taylor. Laurie Jordan, and for Stan Manning. The family of Adrian Frazier. Let us pray. Lord, we have been beaten down by this world over and over again, but we have also seen your goodness and faithfulness around us. We believe in you. We believe that you will take care of us and provide for our every need. In moments of pain and hardship, draw us near to you by giving us your spirit that we might endure each day no matter what it brings. Bless the work of our hands as we pray in the way you taught us, saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Stand and join us as we sing Give Thanks, page 496.
our closing benediction. May the peace of the Lord Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness, protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring us home rejoicing once again into these doors.